Welcome to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also local business owners, startups and entrepreneurs from across the state of Connecticut. Welcome to the latest edition of The Curious Capitalist. It is my great pleasure to introduce newest Conscious Capitalism Connecticut board member, Soledad Matiozzi. Soledad is the co-founder and partner of Westport-based Thinking Beyond Business. Thinking Beyond Business are a women-owned sustainability consultancy firm that encourages small to medium-sized businesses and entrepreneurs to take a thoughtful approach to their operations by adopting a more responsible stance towards our planet and its people whilst optimizing profits. Solidad, welcome to The Curious Capitalist. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. It's great to have you here. I finally got through our introduction. Now we can have fun. So Solidad, tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about you and how you got to this point in your career. It's been a long journey, I will say. It, it has not been lineal. I think I will start to tell you where I come from because it has a lot to do with what I'm doing right now. I am originally from the south of Argentina, from a region called Patagonia. It's um, in a town that is inside a national park, a reserve. And since a very early age, when I was growing up as a, as a teenager, I was in constant contact with nature. It was something that we treasured a lot, something that we understood that needed to be protected. And we understood how fragile it was as well. So it was part of our everyday life. And I grew up with that and it's part of who I am and it always have been part of who I am. But I always was very curious as well and of an adventurous spirit. And even though I was from the south of a small town in Argentina, I always wanted to work and live abroad and learn different cultures. And I had this dream of working and living in New York City. It was a city that I <laughs> saw <laughs> in movies. And for me, it represented adventure, excitement, and it represented success in many ways. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I could, I moved to Buenos Aires, it's, um, and the, the capital of the country, and I went to study law. I graduated from law school. I worked really hard in order for me to be able to study and, and move to New York. And that's what I did. I finally got it into a program. I did a master's degree in corporate law in New York and I moved to New York. I became a New York lawyer and I started working as a corporate lawyer for an international law firm over there. And I worked many years as a corporate lawyer. It was exciting, I think, and very lucrative as well. I felt that it was successful from a professional point of view, but I always felt that something was missing, that it lacked a lot of meaning for me. I knew that I needed to do something different, but I was not sure what. I tried to fill my bucket doing other things that were more related to what I really enjoy doing. So I work a lot in uh, helping as a pro bono lawyer working for charities and foundations doing pro bono work in helping children in need uh, women uh, entrepreneurs microfinancing all related to the region where i grew up latin america but i always had this in mind that was not enough and i wanted to do something more mission driven something that will fulfill me but more this idea got more 
present, I think, when I got pregnant with my, my first daughter, Adele. And uh, soon after, I, I got pregnant with my, my son and I had them within a period of time of only 14 months. And I struggle a lot. I struggle a lot being a corporate lawyer in New York and trying to be present for my kids. And I knew that I needed to be in a place that allowed me to have a more balanced life and where this was valued. And I tried quitting my job many times. And, and there was a discussion that I had with my husband a, a lot. And then I think it was fate, I don't know, <laughs> or something that we were looking for, but a headhunter called my husband for an opportunity to work for a great company in Sweden, in Scandinavia. Wow. And yes, <laughs> and uh, at that time we thought, okay, Scandinavia, Sweden, this is far, but, but it might be a good opportunity for us to do something different. And for me, it was kind of a push to do something different as well, to start something new in a different place. And we decided to move there. So we moved to Stockholm as soon as I quit my job in New York and we moved to Stockholm. And as, as soon as I arrived, started learning about the Swedish culture, I was surprised and fascinated by, by the way they approach work and the, the way they approach also everyday life. I think it had a lot of commonalities with the place that I, where I grew up. So they spend a lot of time in nature, especially children and education. And there is a lot of equality between men and women. They value the, the necessity to, to, to have time off and your personal life and have a balanced life. And this is not only something that is valued, but a necessity, I think, in terms of productivity. So while I was living in Sweden, I started working uh, in the non-for-profit sector and I worked for an international organization representing different charities and foundations and NGOs in different projects to help children in need and causes related to the environment. And it was very rewarding. And we lived there for four years and I, I had time to do these and at, at the same time spend time with my kids. But I learned there, I had a totally different perspective of work. I met so many entrepreneurs and companies that they, they really value this human component of within their organization. And that changed a lot my perspective compared to traditional corporate law that I was used to. So after four years there, wonderful years there, we did another big change because we had an opportunity, both of us, my husband and I, to work in Asia. So wow. we... We, we had a very adventurous spirit and we decided that there would be, that would be great. And there would be a great opportunity for us to live and learn different culture, different language for our kids to expand also their view of the world. And for me, it was an opportunity to continue working in the nonprofit sector. And also they offered me an opportunity to open the China desk of a law firm working at my own pace. So I thought that was that was a great opportunity. So we moved to Beijing, to China. And as soon as, as we arrived, for me, it was very shocking, the levels of pollution that the city had. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I, that I knew, that I learned in, in certain articles that I researched, but I was not aware that was such a big problem that will affect us in every day of our lives. Mm. And for me, it was kind of a wake-up call or I, I experienced firsthand how the neglect of the environment due to a very economic, rapid economic growth can look like. I thought that this was something that could happen 
I don't know, in, in maybe 10 years or 20 years, but it, it was something for me, I realized it was something that it was happening right now in the world. Like we, when we wake up every day, we will look at the pollution rates. Most of the days was really unhealthy. We had to use masks. This was pre-COVID. We have to wow. use masks every day, uh, air, air purifiers at home, in the car, at school. And it was affecting everyone around. And I realized this is something that is happening right now and, and it could rapidly happen to the rest of the world. And it was something uh, that was a very big, big concern for me. To be fair with the, I think with the Chinese government, they're doing a lot to try to solve the problem. What also I understood was once that this is broken, it's very difficult to fix. And so there has to be measures to prevent this before it's broken. I realized that this is where I wanted to be part of the solution. So when I came back to the U.S., I started studying. I did a certification on environmental social governance. I wanted to understand what the governments are doing, what the companies are doing, what are the regulations, the policies, and how can I help be part of this solution so we can live in a world that is more equal, more, more fair, uh, where there's more equality, more balance, and at the same time, a place where we can care for our environment and understand the impact that we're having in the environment. And that is how I built, I created my company, Thinking Beyond Business. I met currently my partner here. We had very similar journeys. We both come from corporate America and we both wanted the thing. And, and we thought, okay, there's a lot of things that are being done for big corporations, but I think the smaller companies and the medium-sized companies, they face many challenges and sometimes they don't know where to start. They want to do the right thing, but they need the tools and the understanding. So we focus on that. We focus on helping small and medium-sized companies understand their impact and implement these policies, sustainability policies, in order to improve their environmental and their social impact. So it's a long journey, maybe a long story, <laughs> how I got here. It's a very long journey. It's multiple countries, multiple jobs and real awakenings, I guess, you know, the, the fate of our planet. And what a powerful example to go from, you know, Patagonia to New York City to Sweden and then to Beijing. That must have been like night and day in terms of the, the culture and certainly the environmental impacts. So what you're doing now with Thinking Beyond Business, you're based in Westport. Tell me a little bit about how you're helping. What practical skills are you helping and giving companies to be more sustainable, to be more aware of their impact on the environment? Yeah, so we have different type of clients and Every client is in a different stage, I think, in terms of their sustainability journey. So we work with companies that they're starting. So we work with them in trying to understand their purpose, first of all. So why they are doing business and why they want to make a difference, why they want to do something better. We help them with that strategy first because we believe that a compass is like the North Star. What you define it and once you articulate it, then all the other decision-making part of your company becomes so much easier and your employees become more engaged. Your customers also are more loyal to you because they feel connected to something that is beyond what you what you do or what the product that you sell they feel connected to that particular purpose we work a lot with companies around trying to i don't know redefine 
who they are and what they're doing, what they're doing, and also in helping them articulate that and communicate that to all their stakeholders. Some companies, we do that. Other companies are already more advanced in terms of they have maybe a defined purpose. We're helping them to assess where they are in terms of the impact that they're having in around the, the people that they affect and the environment that they affect. So uh, helping them with tools to raise awareness. We have different tools. Sometimes it's surveys or questionnaires to assess, to map where they are. Where they are. I think it's very relevant uh, for you to understand. It's, it's kind of a GPS. Once you know where you are, then you, you know where to, which direction you can go. We help them understand where they are, they are compared to best practices and where there are areas of improvement. Where can they start uh, to improve? In where are there risks and where there's opportunities? So we provide them with that tool as well. And sometimes it's just uh, measuring what they're doing. They're doing great things. And how do they measure it? How do they communicate it in a better way as well? So it's the different parts of the journey, depending on the type of client that we're working with. Gotcha. So it's really multifaceted approach and almost bespoke, I guess, to the, the clients, you know, that you meet with essentially assessing where they are now, where they'd like to go and, and helping them with a real well-rounded approach, I guess, to sustainability. What do you wish you'd known before you started out on your very long and inspiring career path? What do you wish you'd known before you left Patagonia? That's an interesting question, I think, because I think who I am today, what I'm doing and the value that I bring has a lot to do with how I got here. So all the different things that I did, law degree that I did and the different countries and different perspectives, they all put together, they helped me get to where I am. So I think if I knew these things before, what I knew now, maybe I wouldn't have gotten here with all this knowledge and experience, I think. But if I have to choose one thing that would have been helpful when I left Patagonia was that uh, could be. I think I kept my professional life and my passions and what I value separately. I think somehow I felt that one thing, my professional life or my studies or whatever I want to do for, for living at, at, in my work environment will give me tools in order for me to, to pursue what I really wanted to do. And I understand now that you have to combine who you are, your values and your passion with what you do. This is what I'm currently doing with my business. I'm really loving what I do. I'm motivated every day to go to work and help the clients understand and grow and understand their impact and get do business in a better way. If I knew that before, maybe I, could, I should have. I would have studied uh, started in this uh, journey before. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. What a fascinating answer. You know that if you can encompass your professional career with something that you're passionate about and gives you that fire in your belly. Just maybe you would have got to this role sooner, but in the same breath, you needed that experience to be able to get to where you are. It's, it's kind of amazing how we end up at these junctions in our life. It sounds like you've had a fantastic ride so far, that's for sure. Yes, it's interesting, but it's, but it's, yes, it's everything that we went through, that we go through, make us who we are today. So it's difficult to, to think on the way, oh, I wish I knew this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so come on then, how did you first get involved with conscious capitalism here in Connecticut? 
when I founded my business, I started working and doing what, I, what we're doing. I reached out to different organizations and I learned about conscious capitalism and, and the work that they're doing globally. And I, I learned that there's a chapter here in Connecticut. So I wanted to reach out to the executive director here uh, just to offer my collaboration. It felt so aligned to what we were doing and I wanted to to help in any way that I could. So we scheduled a call and we spent, I think, more than an hour talking about our journeys and all how we envision our community um, growing and, and incorporating these principles. And after that, um, he gave me, he gave me a call and said, like, I would love for you to be part of this. I think it would be great to have your experience, your global experience and your background to be part of what we're doing. And, and I met the rest of the board members, which are also fantastic individuals who've been through from different diverse backgrounds. And it's great to work with people that we think alike. We all want the same goal. We have the same purpose. So I'm really happy to be part of it. Oh, they, they, they quickly snatched you up, that's for sure. They're a great yeah. bunch of people on the board and they run some fantastic events, uh, obviously primarily online at the moment during current situation with this pandemic but they're very active here in Connecticut and they're they're a great bunch you don't don't tell them I said that or anything uh <laughs> <laughs> no they are they are and we already are planning amazing things for the next year I'm really excited about our project uh well we're delighted to, to have you on the board that's for sure so thinking about some of the, the key things with within conscious capitalism what does it mean to you that your company has a higher purpose? For us at Thinking Beyond Business, we built as our company on purpose. I think based on that, I, we, when we got together, we, we had a long conversations and with my partner, we are two of us for weeks. We did different exercises individually and then we got together and brainstormed on why we wanted this business, why we wanted to, to launch this business, what difference we wanted to make, what needs we wanted to cover. And we did those exercises and we came up with our purpose that is really to heal this world, to make this world a better place by empowering small and medium-sized companies to business in a better way. And that purpose is our compass. Everything that we do Everything from, I don't know, a partnership that we are thinking about or a new service that we want to provide or customer that we're engaging or the way we're helping them. We always go back to that purpose and think, is this aligned with it? Is, is this something that it will foster our purpose further? And it's a North Star. So I think for us, it means we were built around that and it, and it is everything all, all our decision-making is, is related to that. It's so central. So thinking about that culture and that leadership, what would you say are the biggest obstacles facing local businesses when you consult with them? Certainly around culture and leadership particularly. The challenges that our clients face in terms of culture. A lot of our clients, what we work with them a lot is trying to, to define, first of all, what culture they want for their organization moving forward. And once we define our purpose and what we, they want to do, we do a lot of exercises around that. So we start with what are the personal values of the leader? We work with the founders and with the leadership team to help and understand what individual values 
are they have and what values they want the company to have. I think most of those exercises come up with with defining what your core values are and what culture you want to move forward into your organization. One of the things that comes like a challenge for most of the clients that we work with is how to get your employees more engaged and more motivated. And one of the key issues is how how to engage them better. And yes. it all comes back to to having a common purpose and, and having a very clear defined values that applies to to everything that has to do with employees from from where you're posting a job offering and you're retaining an employee when you're doing an onboarding with the employee when you define what are what are the work that they have to do within their company to have a clear communication of, of what is the purpose and what is the goal and what and, and what culture you want to implement the engagement of the employees is one of the challenges that they face the most in in, mm. in the clients that in the clients with the clients that we work with i think how to engage them and get them motivated very much so and such a huge part of that is strong and you know very focused leadership and i guess what are some of the ways that you're able to guide companies to carry that message from the boardroom, from lofty meetings discussing core values and mission statements? What are some of the suggestions that you can give to small companies who want to bring that message from the boardroom to the workforce, to the employee, to get them fired up? First is to lead by example from, from the leader point of view, because you can have all these big core values and this purpose, but if you don't really do it in an authentic way and you're not living it with every action that you make and every decision that you make, then, then it doesn't become authentic and it doesn't connect with your employees. So this is one of the first things that we, we work with. You as a leader need to lead by example. Then it's a lot of open communication with your employees, mapping what the needs are, what the concerns are, what they understand that the value of the company, the values of the companies are, what is their purpose and how, how they feed in every day when they work. So we get results from these surveys and we know, we map where they are and how, where are their areas are for improvement as well. To do this, this type of service in a way that is frequently as well. What we recommend a lot in terms of, of employees is to have uh, a lot of companies, they don't have this, but we work with templates on how they can do this, is to have an employee handbook, something that includes the purpose, the mission, the values, and how it will reflect uh, in, in, in everyday life of, of their operations. If they reach certain things that they achieve, there could be a reward based on that in terms of compensation, for example. So we, we work on drafting those things with the particular companies um, that they want to focus on that. So it's like a real full consultancy that you're able to offer these companies to get them from, from A to B, where they want to be. Yeah. Think Thinking about the company, thinking beyond business, are there any real success stories that stand out for you? And, and without naming names necessarily, can you share with us some of your, your, your biggest success so far, perhaps? I think we were just, was, we're a baby, I think, in terms of, of our company, because we are, I think, less than one year old. And it's a long journey, I think. Our success is for companies to get engaged in different levels 
I don't know, we're working with one company that is it's a medium-sized company and they had a lot of problems with getting employees engaged through a set of policies and changes. We can see now that employees are more motivated and they even brought very innovative ideas that they were not there before. And uh, this was generated because of this change of culture and this understanding that they are there for more than just a salary, but they feel part of the organization, feel part of something uh, higher than that. And we, in one particular case, they, they brought very innovative ideas that will transform, I think, the business in the medium to long term. So that is something that we see as a success, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when you can see the real changes that are made up close and personal, it must give you a great sense of satisfaction. So you mentioned that the company is under a year old. So that means you launched during a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> how, yeah. how did that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was challenging, but I think, you know, the pandemic in some, I think a lot of companies that already had implemented sustainability and this way of doing business within their, their strategy did, did so much better than other companies that didn't. And I think it kind of accelerated the need to work towards uh, becoming a more sustainable business. I think companies that had these policies already became more resilient and survived this crisis much better than companies that they didn't. So I think there is an awareness of this and then this is an awareness from, from smaller companies of this situation and that this fact, I will say. And I think there was a lot of interest since we launched our business on of, of doing business in, in a better way, that they wanted to see how they could incorporate this to make the company grow and thrive and become more resilient, especially because of these mega trends that could affect their company in many ways. It could be the COVID, COVID or it could be any other mega trend. If you have a culture where you have employees that are motivated, they could come with, I don't know, ideas to survive this crisis in a very innovative way. Or if you have customers that are with you because of something that is more powerful than just your, your particular product, they will also continue to be loyal with uh, to your company and to your product and work with you through the crisis, I think. So I think it was interesting. Um, we launched during the pandemic, we did everything, a lot of things online and virtual. We found that there's a lot of interest in particular because of the crisis, because of the COVID. Very much so. I, the one thing I've really noticed about this pandemic is the world was already becoming much smaller, if you like, certainly with the, the use of technology to communicate, you know, across time zones and countries. What I found certainly during the pandemic is the ability for people to work from home and be more productive and get that work-life balance. And you're right, if a company has a structure in place and a culture in place where employees know what they're aiming for and they're working for a common good, I guess, they're gonna feel like they can communicate more freely, more open with ideas, whether it be innovative ideas of how to work smarter during a pandemic, they're going to be better placed to to handle these these mega trends as you call them. Yeah, it's fascinating yes. stuff. So mm -hmm. come on now. When you're not focused on your work, what do you like to do to relax? Is there anything you really like to do? What are your hobbies? Well, I have quite a few hobbies, but one of the things that I love doing is to spend time in nature. 
alive as a family. We love hiking and so we, whenever we have some free time, we go out and hike all together as a family. We, I think this brings a sense of calmness to my kids and it brings a lot of interesting conversations and maybe that would not arise when we're home or where they're connected to their electronics. So I love to spend time in nature. I'm, I'm, I grew up skiing and we love skiing as well and my kids are very good skiers so we we also try to escape and ski wherever we can Fantastic. and i love i love traveling but um um we we I, i've been <laughs> traveling with <laughs> yeah and we, i miss it i miss it a lot because we've been we, you know we've been traveling uh with since my kids are babies all around the world and we really enjoy really learning different cultures give us such a broad perspective of the world and And it's something that we miss. We miss a lot. And we hope that soon we could continue to explore this world when this is over. Oh, uh, you're preaching to the choir. I couldn't agree more. It's, I think, the thing that we've missed the most. Uh, a weird question for you. So your children have had the opportunity to live in a real variety of countries. If you were to ask them what their favorite country is to live in, what do you think they would say? I'm for sure, you know, sometimes they ask that question to them and they, they, they're so happy here. I think it's because they're more present than we are. They have their friends and they're really happy here. So uh, they will answer here. But yep. I think they are, they have such a broad perspective. You know, they speak Mandarin and a little bit of Swedish. They know how, how the traditions, we still keep the traditions, a lot of traditions from China, a lot of things from Europe, and they're part of who they are. So I think they have a little bit of everything and they were really happy in each one of the places that they live. And they all brought a lot of value to their lives, I think, and make them who they are. But they're really happy. They will say, we're happy here in the US. <laughs> Real global citizens you're bringing up there. If I was to yeah. ask you, where would you say your heart is? Mm, it's very difficult. I consider myself a global citizen. Mm -hmm. My heart is where my I think my family is. Whenever I go back to my hometown, it, it, I, I just... I'm connected to that place, but it's not necessarily a place that I will live right now, but it's very close to my heart. But now I feel the US, you know, one of the most important things in my life, most of the most important things in my life, that is, you know, gave, giving birth to, to my kids, my first job, a lot of got it getting married, a lot of the very, very important part of my life, launching my business was here in the US. So I feel very connected to this country as well. Very much so, very much so. Okay, if you could have dinner with any figure in history, you can pick a couple if there's more than one. That person can be alive or no longer with us. Who would you pick to come to your dinner party and what questions might you ask? I will have dinner with many, many people, maybe a round table of people, but um, <laughs> you can have a round table, like a large table, <laughs> <laughs> a person that I uh, admire a lot, and maybe because she passed away very recently is the, who was the Supreme Court judge here in the US, Ruth uh, Bader Ginsburg. Yes. She, she's, um, an amazing woman and I will really listen to her story how it was for her 
to study and to work in such a men-dominated environment, being a mother, fighting for equal rights and building this consensus the way that she did it. It was just so much to learn from her. Uh, I, will, I will just listen, I think, and, and to her story and, and learn and ask many other questions as, as, as I go. <laughs> it would be very inspirational. What a fantastic guest. I'd like to come to your dinner party. Uh, <laughs> what would you say has been your greatest success, both professionally and personally, and why? I think um, professionally, my greatest success will be finally doing what I love, combining my passions and my values with what I do for a living. And this is translating in doing what I do and founding my own company, Thinking Beyond Business. I, mean, I feel that this is one, one of my greatest success professionally. And I'm really looking forward to continue having a positive impact in our community and, and for companies to incorporate this new way of doing business and these principles. And I think collaboratively, if we if we all make small changes, we can generate a big wave of positive impact that will affect us all because we are so interconnected. So I think that launching my own business and doing what I love, it's my biggest success professionally. Personally, I don't know. I think becoming a mother was was one of the things it's a success for me because it gives me so much joy and happiness every day and I'm learning constantly growing with my children and and it's something that also is one of the reasons that I do what I do. I want my children and and their generation to have a, a world that is safe, that is healthy um and they can enjoy the beauty of our planet as I did when I was growing up. So I, I would say that maybe being a mother is something that I would consider a personal, personal success. Without a doubt. And what an incredible motivator that you get to look at every single day. So tell me a little bit about your plans both personally and professionally say I hate to say like five or ten years because a it's really cliched but more importantly mm -hmm. during a pandemic I barely know what's happening next week but <laughs> what what's the what does the future hold what was your hopes and what are your hopes and aspirations for the coming years five to ten years my hope will be that doing business applying these principles will be mainstream will be something that every company or all companies will incorporate as part of it of their dna and i would have hoped that the work that i do with my business and as, as part of the board of conscious capitalism had helped get in there so uh, that would be my hope uh, i think in five to ten years that this will be something that every company or most of the company will have uh, incorporated already as part of their of their way of doing business and of course to continue helping those companies in this journey to continue working into that direction that would be great that is how I see myself and, and also I think being part of I think the board of directors the board role is so crucial in companies I think it's so important for trying to set the long-term strategy of the companies and Companies need more board members that are uh, knowledgeable about environmental, social, 
governance and about these issues. So I will see also myself maybe collaborating from a more role perspective as well forward in the future. It sounds like an honourable task ahead of you. And I really wish you all the luck in the world in engaging with as many people as possible and moving your business forward. How can people carry on this conversation with you? Maybe they want to find out more about thinking beyond business uh, and want to reach out to you. Do you have a website or social media where people can contact you? People can contact me personally on LinkedIn. So you can look at my profile and I will reply right away. I'm always checking that social media. And then we have a website, thinkingbeyondbusiness.com. And there you can find also our contact information, mine and my partner as well. That is fantastic. That's thinkingbeyondbusiness.com. Solidad, it's been an absolute pleasure th- speaking to you today. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, I look no, forward thank to- you. I look forward to catching up with you in uh, five to 10 years to see if we've changed the world yet. No, we hope so. We have to be positive that we will. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the latest installment of The Curious Capitalist. For more information, you can visit the website, connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org.